Hi, everyone. It's Ashley. Each week here on the deck, you hear raw interviews from family members and investigators who are looking for answers to cases that, for whatever reason, remain unsolved. But unsolved crimes are often unsolved for a reason. Time has cracked and curved around some of these cases for so long that getting answers has become complicated. Well, now, investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra is turning back the clock to look at an unsolved case from 1991. She's speaking to investigators, key witnesses, and loved ones who are still searching for answers on how exactly 27-year-old Douglas Wagg Jr. died. But here's the thing. While Delia's investigation for this season of Counterclock started as a look into one man's suspicious death, a string of crimes and other mysterious deaths point to so much more. Tune in each week for new episodes of Counterclock Season 6 wherever you listen to podcasts. Love is more than a day on the calendar or a sign-off on a letter. Love starts with you. Show off your personal style with new Pandora jewelry pieces that radiate with your love from every angle. With Pandora's vast selection of rings, bracelets, earrings, necklaces, and charms, there's endless ways to show what's in your heart. Write a love note to yourself or your best friend with handwritten charms or a personal engraving. Shop now at Pandora.net. Pandora. Be love. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need. No matter where you are in life, when you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Our card this week is Barbara Dreyer, the King of Hearts from Washington, D.C., it was a warm Sunday evening in 1984 when 39-year-old Barbara disappeared from the streets of Washington, D.C. Almost 40 years later, the blatant missteps in the early days of the investigation still haunt her case. And those missteps are possibly what stands in the way of it being solved today. I'm Ashley Flowers, and this is The Deck. It was nearing the end of August 1984, and none of Barbara Dreyer's five children had seen or heard from her in more than a week. The last time they had heard from her was around 5 p.m. on August 12th, when she dropped off her six- and nine-year-old sons to stay with one of her older kids, an adult daughter. Barbara told her daughter that she'd be right back and that she just had to go pick up some money. From what I can tell, this wasn't anything out of the ordinary. A single mother with a full-time job and a lot on her plate. I'm sure it was nice to be able to drop her kids off and run some errands without her young children. But what was out of the ordinary is that she just never returned. At first, no one was overly concerned. They all assumed that maybe she was hanging out at her ex-husband's place. He lived right across the D.C.-Maryland border in Hillcrest Heights. And the two had a good relationship, so she would often go visit him. And it wasn't anything out of the ordinary for her to stay away for a few days at a time. Here's now-retired Detective Jim Trainum. 
But after nine days, they really became concerned. They didn't hear from her, no phone calls, no, nothing along that line. That's when Barbara's 23-year-old son, Anthony, called the ex-husband to check in, confirm that she was there and see when she was coming home. But he didn't get the answer he expected. He said, no, I haven't seen her whatsoever. Right away, Anthony contacted the Metropolitan Police Department to file an official missing persons report. You would think that after that, a full-blown investigation would ensue. But that wasn't what happened. Now, when missing person reports, especially back then, were filed, basically all that would happen is that they would take a report, a description, and they would put the missing person's information into a nationwide database so that if they were stopped somewhere and their name was run through, then it would pop up that they were missing. Now, since she was an adult and they really didn't have anything beyond the fact that she was missing, there was no other effort put forth at that time to do any investigation, you have a perfect right as an adult to go missing. Detective Trainum wasn't on Barbara's case back in 1984, but he said that police likely would have at least called nearby hospitals and jails to see if they had anyone who had her name or who matched her description. But like he said, beyond that, not much else was done. It seems like they just kind of waited things out, thinking maybe she'd left on her own and would come back soon. So that's what Barbara's family did too. They waited for a whole nother week. And that's when Anthony was driving in Southwest DC with a friend and saw something unexpected. When he glanced over, he spotted a 1980 Burgundy Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme driving in a lane near him. That is the exact make, model, and year of his mom's car. The one she was driving when she disappeared. But here's the thing, it wasn't just the kind of car Barbara drove. Anthony was confident that this was her car because he had her license plate number memorized. Even more alarming was the fact that the person in the driver's seat wasn't Barbara. It was a man Anthony didn't recognize. So he followed him and he saw the man park the car, get out and go into an apartment complex. He had a friend stand by and watch the car while he went and got the police who came back, they waited, and they confronted the man. Police confirmed the car was Barbara's, and when they looked inside, they found her keys, which still had her little blue pepper spray that she carried with her everywhere on it. As if the fact that this man had a missing woman's car and keys wasn't suspicious enough, listen to what they found when they opened the trunk. They found a ski mask, they found a rope, and they found gloves. When police spoke with the guy who was driving the car, who we've been asked to call RP, he denied knowing Barbara, and he even flat out denied ever driving the car. Local newspapers reported at the time that since the car had not been reported as stolen, police just kind of dropped it and decided not to arrest RP. In fact, it's not even clear if police impounded Barbara's car and searched it. Detective Trainum thinks it was probably just turned over to the family. I don't know why they didn't push it. I don't know why they didn't do at least a little bit of follow-up on this whatsoever. Since Detective Trainum wasn't on the case back then in the early days, the best he can do is speculate about why police just kind of shrugged off this huge lead. I can kind of surmise that they kind of blew it off because of the fact that he knew or could potentially have known Barbara's ex-husband, and I don't know what kind of dynamics went on there, but uh, obviously they let the ball drop on this one. Basically, RP and Barbara's ex-husband worked together. 
I have no idea why this made him no longer suspicious, but to them, it must have. And if your blood is starting to simmer, get ready for a full-on boil. Because Barbara's family later learned that R.P., the man seen driving Barbara's car, who was toting around a ski mask, rope, and gloves, was a convicted murderer. Texas Pete is the sauce that allows you to sauce like you mean it. It's what people gather around. It's generosity in its simplest form. And it's a swagger people have who know what's good. Each Texas Pete sauce is packed with bold, balanced flavor. The signature tanginess is what makes it a legendary hot sauce that can be used on just about anything. It has been at the center of dinner tables since 1929 and is still heating things up today. You're definitely going to want to try every flavor. The original hot sauce has a famous secret blend of fermented peppers. The hotter hot sauce is three times hotter than the original and not for the faint of heart. Sabor by Texas P adds authentic Mexican flavor. And their dust-dry seasoning matches the flavor of the original hot sauce in a flavorful dry rub. I actually put that dry rub on my chicken last week and loved it. Texas Pete, sauce like you mean it. Visit texaspeat.com and use the store locator to find Texas Pete products as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration. And use promo code DECK24 for 20% off at texaspeat.com. Busy parents have enough on their plates without adding your children's homework to the list as well. IXL is an excellent resource for homework help, which is especially nice for parents who are rusty on school info themselves. And methods have changed over the years, too. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. It's designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. And you get one site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. There's a reason why IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Backed by research, kids using IXL are scoring higher on tests. From studies done in almost every state in the country, the kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. If your child is struggling, this is the smartest investment you can make. A month of IXL costs less than an hour of tutoring, so now you could get your child the help they need at an affordable price. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And the DECK listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash DECK. Visit IXL.com slash DECK to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. In 1975, R.P. had been involved in a double homicide. He and three other guys went to the apartment of a 23-year-old man looking for someone named Slim, who they'd had a fight with earlier that day. The 23-year-old said he didn't know where Slim was, but the four men strong-armed their way into his apartment anyway. They tried to torture the information out of the 23-year-old by tying him up and taking turns stabbing him. But the guy either didn't know where Slim was or wouldn't say, and they ended up stabbing him to death. Now, after that happened, a 16-year-old girl came knocking on the door. So they brought her into the apartment. They showed her his dead body. I guess since she couldn't also provide any information about where this person is, they tied her up. Three of the men raped her, and then they also stabbed her to death. The group of men then set fire to the apartment in an attempt to cover up any evidence they left behind. But their plan didn't work all that well because the four men were soon arrested and charged for the double murder and arson. 
The court permitted R.P. to plead guilty to second-degree murder in exchange for his testimony against the other three men, which is how he was already out of prison less than 10 years later. Now, despite the fact that police had literally found a convicted murderer driving a missing woman's car, Barbara's case quickly went cold. Over the following years, Barbara's family was left to mourn the loss of a woman they loved dearly, without even an ounce of closure. Every year on Barbara's birthday, her family gathered to celebrate, hoping that one day she'd come home. With every passing year, that hope faded more and more. Her family remembered her fondly as a hard worker and a strict but loving mother. Anthony told the Washington Post that she once disciplined him for his clothes being dirty by cutting off the bottoms of almost all of his pairs of pants, making them into shorts. But she didn't hold on to the punishment for long, and she took him shopping for more pants almost immediately. It was sweet memories like that that Barbara's family clung to as the years faded into decades, still with no answers. Sadly, the next movement in Barbara's case didn't come until 2007, more than 20 years later. That's when Anthony decided to call MPD and check on the status of the investigation. He spoke with Detective Trainum, who at the time was already deep in the trenches of bringing life back to the city's coldest of cold cases. I was actually running a program where we were going back and trying to identify as many unsolved cases as possible. And we were putting cases into searchable databases. We were trying to do link analysis. We were looking for cases that had DNA potential because a lot of these cases were only on paper. And there was no way of, you know, trying to do any sort of computerized search for suspects or or witnesses in common and things like that. And as part of that, I became kind of the clearinghouse for victims of uh, homicides, their families. They would call me up. They would inquire what's going on with their case. I would um, take the case out of turn, research it, uh, do an analysis of it, sit down and talk with them. And if there was something there, then we would get it assigned out. After speaking with Anthony, Trainum's interest was piqued and he began working on Barbara's case. A lot of cold case units are there trying to close the easy ones uh, just because to raise the stats, that sort of thing. This wasn't going to benefit anybody except the family. I mean, this wasn't going to lead to a stat, maybe down the road, but nothing quick. But I just knew that this was a murder. It needed to get into the system. We needed to set it up so that if her body was out there, we had it, we could you know, identify it. If not, if it was found, and then we can go from there. And so I began to start doing research on this. The first thing I did was I attempted to find any paperwork on it. And this occurred back in 1984. And uh, so that was you know a couple of decades. Detective Trainum knew that because of how old the case was and because of the department's policies, the stuff he was looking for was going to be difficult, if not impossible, to find. Record storage, especially hard record, you know, hard copy record storage costs money. And so what agencies did, like mine, is they came up with a system where after a certain number of years, they would say, you could reasonably expect that we would not need these documents anymore. So they would authorize their destruction, thus opening up more space for other records to come in, and they wouldn't have to spend as much money. Trainum said that just in case someone over in another district had some files tucked away in a back room, he began calling around to see if he could find something, anything. But it was a lost cause. 
So at that point, I also sat down and had a meeting with the family where my philosophy was, especially with these older cases, you just be honest with them. I mean, if we screwed up, we screwed up. If we got rid of something, this was a policy back then. Yeah, it was wrong. Yeah, it's causing us problems now. We're sorry, but let's see what we can do to try to rectify this. I mean, I think people appreciate it when you, they don't get the runaround. And you, you just, you know, tell them what the real deal is. And then at least try to rectify the problem. And that's, you know, what we were doing. I sit down and interviewed them. I got as much detail as possible. I created reports documenting that information, put it into our searchable databases. I also did, you know, background checks on the guy who was found in the car, going back in the old newspaper archives, especially back, you know, during that time period. They put in a lot of information that you don't get today, like people's full names, ages, addresses, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. So I tried to reconstruct the case file as much as possible. As part of this, Trainum began doing some preliminary research on RP. And he learned that aside from the double murder, he allegedly committed another violent crime. I can remember sitting in my high school Spanish class, looking down at the ground, just hoping, desperately hoping, I wouldn't get called on. Because languages have never come easy for me. And even after all those years of studying in school, I felt so insecure. Then as my husband and I started exploring international travel recently, he convinced me that it was time to give language another try. So naturally, we found Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program. It's available on desktop or can be used as an app on your phone or tablet. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages, and they have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on how well you're pronouncing your words. As my family continues to explore future travel, I know I'm going to take advantage of that because I want to feel as confident and respectful as possible. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the deck listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com deck. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash deck today. When it comes to your health, there should be no compromises. Don't go back to that doctor who doesn't fully listen to you or rushes through your appointment. Instead, check out ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Search by location, availability, and insurance. No compromises. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. And you don't have to wait forever to get in with someone good. When I looked online, the typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can even score some same-day appointments. Go to ZocDoc.com slash deck and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash deck. ZocDoc.com slash deck. This other crime RP was alleged to have committed cast a scary shadow over what could have happened to Barbara. He was actually arrested for kidnapping a woman at a bus stop and raping her. 
The charges were later dropped, but for Trainum, this was just piling on more suspicion to a man who was already suspect number one. Trainum told our reporting team that he would have loved to talk with RP all these years later. You know, maybe a guilty conscience had been eating away at him and he was itching to get something off his chest. But due to very limited resources and all of the other cases Trainum was working to revive, he hadn't been able to do that. In fact, he didn't even know if RP was still alive. With the time and resources he did have, though, Trainum kept working the case. As I found out more and more about the case, I became more and more convinced, of course, that she was murdered and we actually had a suspect and we could potentially solve it with some of the evidence that was recovered during the follow-up investigation. But when I went to look for the evidence, I went back into the old log books that we used to keep for, for evidence and property that we would enter stuff in by hand back in the day, and there was nothing there. You heard that right. All of the evidence recovered from the scene the rope, ski mask, and gloves, gone. As sad as it sounds, Trainum said that working with these old cases, it's something that he's seen far too often. I mean, cops get lazy. The missing evidence was especially disheartening in Barbara's case because that was pretty much it. There really wasn't much else to go on. Those were the items that I was trying to find. Because if we could find those items and you know test them for DNA, if we got Ms. Dreyer's DNA on those items, especially with the suspect's DNA on the items, that would be pretty good evidence that he was somehow involved. But those weren't the only items the department had lost. Barbara's diary and other personal items, which were taken as part of the initial investigation, had also disappeared from police custody. Before moving on to other cases, Detective Trainum got a blood sample from Anthony and he put it into NamUs so it could be compared to any unidentified remains entered into the database. Obviously, Anthony was gutted to learn that everything from his mom's case, from the files to the evidence, were gone. I just remember him disbelief and anger on his part, which he still has today. I just remember, you know, the family being dissatisfied with the way the entire thing was handled, and rightfully so. The thing about it is, is I have one thing about working these older cases, is it makes you realize, you kind of think, okay, you know, it's been 20 or 30 years, you know, time heals everything, right? But when you talk to the next of kin, a lot of times it's like it just happened yesterday. And you just see all the old emotions come up and it's just so raw. Even though the evidence and the original case file can never be recovered in Barbara's case, Detective Trainum did what he could to ensure another family would never have to go through the same thing. Part of what I was doing is identifying problems that we've had with our investigative process over the years that cause cases like this to happen and make recommendations so that they don't happen again. So in that part, it's kind of satisfying. Like one of the things that we did was we were part of the movement to pass laws that mandated that our files be maintained longer than they were. And so that was an outcome of stuff like this. So even though you want to say it was frustrating that this happened, we at least turned it around and also tried to make something positive out of it by learning a lesson from what we had done wrong. After Detective Trainum revisited the case in 2007, things went cold again. Trainum retired in 2010, heartbroken that Barbara's case remained unsolved and that few seemed to care. 
The radio silence continued for years, until 2018, in the spring, when Anthony and his family received some news that had them hopeful for the very first time in a long time. According to the Washington Post, a construction crew working at an apartment building on the southeast side of D.C. unearthed skeletal human remains in a crawl space. When police conducted a search of the property, they located even more human remains buried behind the building. They determined that the remains were those of three women between the ages of 35 and 45. One of them had been beaten to death and the other two fatally shot. After this discovery, police started sifting through old, unresolved missing persons reports to see which of them could be consistent with the bodies that were found. And one of the eight missing persons cases they zeroed in on was Barbara's. Not only did she match the age range provided, but the remains were discovered less than a mile from the complex that her car was found at in 1984. For Anthony, the news came with mixed feelings. He told the Washington Post, quote, I want closure but I don't want her body to be one of those bodies under that damn ground. I'm just saying, I don't want her to have died like that under some damn building, end quote. Anthony was notified that they would be testing his DNA against the remains to determine if they were in fact his mother's. And just a couple of months later, the results came back. None of the remains were Barbara's. I can only imagine what her family felt after receiving the news. Disappointment that they didn't get closure, but possibly relief, too, that they could still cling to the hope that their Barbara was still out there somewhere, maybe alive and well. As far as Trainum knows, that was the last movement in Barbara's case. The Metropolitan Police Department denied our request for an interview, so we don't know where exactly the case stands now. We hope things are still going on behind the scenes and that MPD is fighting for justice for Barbara. But there hasn't been any public movement in her case since the discovery of those remains in 2018. Now that Trainum is retired, he's left wrestling with the reality of a botched investigation that could have gone so differently. If police had taken things more seriously from the get-go, and if they had actually taken the time to consider RP a suspect, who knows, maybe this case would be closed. I think that the primary focus would have and should have been on this RP guy simply because of the facts of the case and his background. That's something Trainum still can't wrap his mind around. How officers back in 1984 just let him go. But as good of a suspect as RP seems, Trainum said there are plenty of other scenarios where he wasn't involved in Barbara's murder. Maybe somebody else killed her and he just came across her car. That's an alternative theory. I mean, we're thinking that he's he's a killer because, of course, his background, but maybe he got the car from somebody else. Trainum knows that Barbara's case was far from a priority for MPD when he was there, and he suspects nothing has changed. But he's hopeful that one day the right tip will come in, the stars will align, and finally, after all these years, Barbara's family will know what happened to her. Shoot, a lot of detectives get really possessive of their cases and they kind of feel like they don't want anybody to solve it but them, so they kind of are secretive about their case file. I would love for anybody to come across any of these cases, any of my old cases. Shoot, I don't have any ego there. Solve that thing. A lot of cases that you have, you look back on and you realize, man, if I had just done this or if I had just known that, I could have probably solved this thing. I have a lot of cases like that. So 
I would be happy, even though it would highlight something I didn't do or, or a mistake that I made. I would be very happy for somebody to come back and uh, to resolve it because it's not about me, it's about them. It's been nearly 40 years since Barbara disappeared. And not only is her family still waiting for justice, they're still waiting for the closure of knowing what happened to her. No one should have to live with that weight on their shoulders. So if you know anything, call the Metropolitan Police Department at 202-727-9099. You can request to remain anonymous, or you can text 50411 to submit an anonymous tip. If you provide information leading to an arrest and conviction, you could be eligible for a reward of up to $25,000. Barbara is described as 5'2", 130 pounds, black female with black hair and brown eyes. She was last seen wearing a green shirt and white slacks. She would be in her late 70s today. The Deck is an Audio Chuck production with theme music by Ryan Lewis. To learn more about The Deck and our advocacy work, visit thedeckpodcast.com. So... What do you think, Chuck? Do you approve? Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow.